0: This is Stephen Adams, and this is Kevin, Dr- oh, sorry, <laughs> Kevin Durant, you Kevin Durant, good to see you mate, different complexion, okay let's go, so this is Stephen Adams, and this is Anna Cantor. you're listening Warm. to the Down to Earth, Down to Dunk podcast, what, Down to, down to Dunk, Down to Dunk, I'll down say that, dunk.
1: Okay. introduce yourself mate, here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast, stay tuned, Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of DailyThunder.com and also Almighty Baller Radio. You can listen to us on Dash Radio on Saturday afternoons. I have Jacob Eisenberg here to talk about the NBA draft. But before we get started, I want to tell you about something super cool. We are doing our very first Down to Dunk NBA Draft Challenge. So the draft is in a week. We are going to have a draft party At Anthem Brewing, it's in downtown Oklahoma City. Come join us that night. We will have free Chicken Express there. We will have Anthem Brewing obviously serving their beer at their bar. And we will also have Oklahoma Shirt Company there giving out free gear and stuff for you to buy. So come check that out. And also... You can go to our Twitter page. I will post this on Facebook this afternoon as well. We have our draft challenge. And so this is an opportunity for you to participate in the draft by creating your own mock draft. And you will turn that into us the day before the draft. We want all those to come in on the Tuesday before the draft or not Tuesday, Wednesday before the draft so that nobody cheats because there's going to be a really cool grand prize for this. So for each first round pick, and we're just doing the first round, so don't worry about the second round. For each first round pick you get correct, uh, you will get five points. If you're within three slots, you get three points, and there will be random yes or no questions about the Thunder and about the draft uh, and about trades and about the Thunder keeping their pick. And all of this goes to whoever has the highest score After the first round, we'll get this grand prize, $100 gift card to Chicken Express, another gift card to Anchor Down. And then some free gear from Oklahoma Shirt Company. So this is a really, really cool prize. Uh, So you'll want to enter. It's free to enter. All you have to do is get it turned into me on the Wednesday for the draft. You can send it to our email address, dcdpodcast at gmail.com. So come participate. Come hang out with us. Uh, We love the draft. We love to hang out with you guys and watch the draft. And then afterwards, we'll do a live podcast recapping the draft. What did the Thunder do? Who did they take? What does this mean? And all of that. So... Uh, please join us next Thursday night from 6 to 9 at Anthem Brewing. Uh, and without further ado, here's the interview of Jacob Eisenberg talking the NBA draft. With me today, Jacob Eisenberg of Amino Apps, formerly of Draft Express, but is currently working on a project. Uh, it's an app called Hardwood Amino. It's a really cool app. Uh, before we get into that, Jacob, how's it going, man?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Andrew.
1: Glad you could come on. Tell us about your app before we get started.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, it's essentially an NBA social network um, completely dedicated to all things basketball. Um, I work for a startup called Amino based out of New York. I guess our closest comparison would be Reddit, but for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we target millennials, Generation Z. Um, on the app, there are, it's all user-generated content. So we have literally thousands upon thousands of NBA quizzes on there. Um, You can vote in interactive polls. Um, We're always sharing the the top trending articles from NBA Reddit or elsewhere, ESPN Bleacher Report. So it's really just a a one-stop shop for all things NBA. And uh, this summer, we're actually going to be expanding into team-specific apps. So that's an exciting project that we're working on.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I actually downloaded it um, after you told me about it and registered and everything and it's a really cool app it's it's a really good looking app too i think that's one thing you guys have over Reddit is that it looks good i think people like that
0: thank you yeah we uh our our main our main target audience is kind of the high school um, demographic so um these kids are so good with technology at this point that our only way to grow is to really be advanced with the the aesthetics of it so i appreciate you checking it out and i'm glad that you like what you see so far
1: yeah of course so let's let's talk draft so the the draft is in a week and mock drafts are, you're checking them daily everybody's checking them all the time and guys are moving up and down boards one guy that we've kind of honed in on a lot um for the thunder is og and and up until this point he seemed like a trade up candidate. Like the Thunder would have to package their pick and a player or something else in order to get OG Ananobi. But in the current Draft Express mock draft, he's fallen all the way to twenty two. So let's let's talk first about why do you think he's fallen and then let's talk about what you think his fit is in OKC.
0: Um So I think obviously the injury and the uncertainty he hasn't been able to work out. Um, I think there was a lot of kind of pre-hype about him Um, right after he got hurt. People were saying, well, he was going to have a breakout year, so we're not going to factor in the injury when we're evaluating him around the draft. Um, But what's happened is I think there are a lot of prospects that have kind of had their stocks rise in recent weeks and, to no fault of OGs, um, it's kind of hurt him just in comparison when you have guys like Donovan Mitchell or Justin Jackson kind of rising up these boards. Someone has to fall, and I guess the likely suspect to fall is the guy that's not able to show what he's capable of doing out on the court.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I think my only struggle is that you have one, two, three, four, five, six – guys that are above him, between Ananobi and Justin Jackson and his current mock, there are six bigs. And there are a lot of teams in there probably don't need a big. Like I don't know that the Pacers really need to drop to center. Um I I guess I'm just kind of confused there. And that this the wings are it's such a position of scarcity. And I just wonder do you do you think that he will actually fall that far on draft night? Because I still remain pretty skeptical of that.
0: I I'll go on record to say I'd be surprised if he fell past Atlanta at nineteen. Yeah. Um, I I think he's probably going to go earlier. Um, you know, it's interesting that in this current knock on Draft Express. Um, the Blazers are taking a wing, and they seem to be one of the very few teams in the NBA that doesn't really need more wings, mm-hmm. um, at least as currently constructed. So I wouldn't put too much stock in this current mock. I think there's going to be some more shakeups. Um, I, I covered the Hawks for um, several years um, when I was down in school in Atlanta, and I know their front office is way of thinking fairly well. I would be surprised, especially with the, the recent revelation today that they are likely not going to counter a max offer that Nilsap gets on the open market. I think OG is a pretty likely suspect to wind up there if he were to fall all the way to 19. Um, with that being said, I think Oklahoma City, rightfully so, should be exploring opportunities to trade up. I think that OG has a ton of potential um, His shot is obviously kind of the weak point right now. And I think for Thunder fans, there's an obvious kind of comparison to Jeremy Grant. But Mm -hmm. I think OG has more potential.
1: Yeah, Grant has a pretty limited feel for the game. And he's very mechanical when it comes to like drives and stuff like that. It's very predictable the way he's going to drive. And OG seems to at least have a little bit more feel... And he shows flashes. I think that Jeremy Grant shows flashes of being a role player. I think that OG shows more flashes of being a guy that could be something special. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I didn't get a chance to watch him all that much as a freshman. Um, Obviously, he gained a lot of hype last summer. And then I was really looking forward to being able to lock in on him during this season, um, which obviously... Injuries took that away from him. I think that there's still a little bit of this. Oh, he's in the Big Ten. Tom Cream's had success with defensive-minded athletic wings. Um, and he's obviously got the, the height, wingspan, and athleticism to kind of fit all the holes of this futuristic NBA where you can switch everyone. Um, so I, I, would, I would not hesitate to say that OG has more potential than Jeremy Grant, but I would also hesitate to say that he has star potential because, frankly, I haven't had the opportunity to see him in a competitive atmosphere, um, and I just wouldn't want to get ahead of myself on it. But from everything I've heard from other scouts, um, there, there seems to be a lot of excitement about him, and I think that's rightful excitement.
1: What do you think the gap between he and Justin Jackson is because Justin Jackson's a guy that seems to be more so rising up draft boards, a guy that NBA teams seem to be a little bit more comfortable with. Uh, What what do you think about the difference between those two talent-wise?
0: Well, I think you you also have to factor in Jackson, I think, has at least two years on him. Jackson's 22. I don't Mm -hmm. think OG has yet turned 20, although he's close. Right. Um, I look at Justin Jackson, and I I think... He has a lot of matt barnes in his game um really good slasher um good cutting off ball um developed his shot a lot over his sophomore and junior years to the point where i I think it would be fair to expect him to be around the 37 38 percent range for his career in the nba which is quite good um og obviously is a much more imposing physical presence a much better athlete um If I were to pick between the two, it would really depend on where my team is at. Um, If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, for example, I'm looking for a guy that can be a future star. I don't think that's Jackson. That could be OG. Um, If I'm the Thunder, meanwhile, I think Jackson could come in and uh, fill a role that is more pressing than OG, who might not even play next season based on how the the medical reports are going. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that Justin Jackson can come in and be like a role player or like a a starting level three? Because the Thunder are just desperate for a three that can hit an outside shot and play decent defense. He doesn't have to. He didn't necessarily have to be the starter, but they they need a three. Because I think they they may have thought Jeremy Grant can play the three, and I think that became apparent really quickly. They tried playing him at the three for you know maybe a quarter of the season until they figured out that he's basically just a four. Uh, Do you you think that he could come in and play right away his rookie season at the three?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready to be a starter right away, but I think he'll provide solid minutes off the bench and seamlessly work his way into the rotation uh, more and more. Um, He's long. He's versatile. He's not that strong. Um, He weighs under 200 pounds. So it's going to be tough for him to switch up to bigger men in a pick-and-roll situation. But I think he can guard one through three um, as long as that one isn't an elite athlete because that's not what Jackson is. Mm-hmm. I think what, ja- what, what people overlook with Jackson most is how smart he is. Um, he really understands the game. He understands spacing. And I think he's a good teammate. I think his teammates at North Carolina really enjoyed playing with him and the leap he had from sophomore to junior year offensively is very encouraging for a future in the NBA as a 3 and D guy. Yeah, and I
1: assume that he's a trade-up candidate at this point. I, I don't see him getting all the way to 21 for the Thunder because there's too many teams in between. Um, like you mentioned, the Hawks would probably be stacked to get him at 19. Uh, the Pacers with you know all the Paul George mess would probably like to have a wing that could come in and play. As well, uh, it just doesn't seem likely that he would get that far.
0: I'd be surprised. I mean, I think these teams are getting smarter by the year, and more and more teams are realizing that players like Karis LeVert, who are long and versatile and can defend multiple positions, there's no reason that they should fall for the 20s anymore if Mm -hmm. they are proving in college that they're capable of playing in the NBA in any capacity. The Wings... If you just look at trade deadline last year, there are so many big men every single February that are on the open market that, you know, you could have gotten Greg Monroe for a very cheap price, and Greg Monroe's a very talented basketball player. I and mean, then you compare him to some of the wings who aren't nearly as talented, but, you know, they fill a, a more pressing role for a lot of these teams, and they have higher trade value. So it, would, it, it seems like the teams are growing more pressure to that. And I'd be surprised if um the the actual draft board looked like this current mock draft with so many centers going in the the late teens. Yeah. And
1: I get that a lot of those centers are talented and they're probably quote unquote first round talent. But you're right, the need for centers is really low. And I mean I like John Collins. I think that he will be able to come in and score. But my, I would just, I don't know, I'd be surprised if teams took him over some of these wings like Justin Jackson or like Ananobi because we know that guys that can only score and that have trouble pl- playing defense can't stay on the floor in the league. And so it's just it's just kind of surprising to me that guys like that continue to be taken higher in the draft. Um,
0: I, I, com- I completely agree. I, I completely agree. And I also think that, this tends to happen every year, where I think there's a, a realignment and a, a reassessment on actual draft day of where these guys are going to fall. Um, last year, for example, Diamond Stone was supposed to be a late team's pick, and I think in the actual draft teams, other than the team that's run by Doc Rivers, that is
1: right.
0: anyone that puts up college numbers, okay. I think teams. Started to realize, you know, like where are we going to play Diamond Stone, and what does Diamond Stone do definitively better than a guy like Jared Solinger, who we can acquire a second round pick just to take on that contract, essentially, mm-hmm. if that's what we're really looking for.
1: Yeah, uh, a couple wings. Well, first of all, what do you do? You think that Semi Ojeley can play the three? Because I I really like him as a prospect because I think he can shoot. Uh, he's obviously has an NBA body. Uh, my growing concern with him is that I don't know that he can play the three that he's going to be more of a full time four. And if he is a full time four, then I don't know if he's that great of a fit for the Thunder. Uh, but what are you, what are your thoughts on him as like an NBA wing, or do you think that he's a big?
0: I think he's probably a big, um, an, an undersized big at that. Um, obviously. I think mm-hmm. he's already, he's close to 23, I believe. So yeah. um, I don't think there's that much room for him to develop as kind of a ball handler and um, all of these things that you're kind of going kind to of want. I, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't get to watch that much of SMU last year, um, and I don't want to overstate my knowledge of his game, but I, he seems like the type of guy that gets drafted as this um, I think I think teams are going to overestimate how much more room he has to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, just just based on how old he is already, based on his weight, um, I think he's he's in at least the two high two twenties, low two thirties.
1: Yeah, two thirty five so, is what
0: I most of that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he's a big body. He's obviously a very strong guy. Um, could potentially be a good defender. But you know, there again, there are so many guys that are in the D League that, um, in theory, could be re- like Chris Singleton is a good example. I don't think he's in the D League anymore. But Florida State um, ACC Player of the Year a few years back, um, drafted by the Wizards under the assumption. Well, at the very least, he can defend LeBron. He could defend KD, um, and you know, he. I guess I guess Semi has a better offensive skill set as a shooter, but. Again, I'm not I'm not the most plugged into his game and I, at that age I, I would pass.
1: Okay. What do you think about Terrence Ferguson? He's another wing. I think he's more of a two. I think that his he's kind of the opposite of Augulay and that he's super skinny. Uh, they're listed at the same yep. height, but they're like fifty pounds. <laughs> There's a fifty pound difference between the two of them. Uh I don't. The Thunder don't need another two. They've got. I really feel like they want to develop a Brinas a lot this next season. Obviously, Victor Oladipo um, is only a two, so I don't love the fit with him. But what do you think about his potential as a player?
0: Yeah, I think he's he's probably going to end up being more of a wing than a straight two, right? I think he could probably play up to three. Okay. He's only nineteen, so he, he's got he's got time to work on his body. Um, nearly three. More than three years younger than semi. so mm-hmm. there's room there. Obviously, playing in Australia, he's got an interesting story. Um, he didn't. He didn't light up the Australian league by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think teams that went over there, from what I heard, were encouraged by the athleticism he showed, the shooting potential he showed. He always had a, a nice stroke in high school. Um, you know, I think I think late late twenties is a fair, um, projection for him. Um, I, I believe that there's going to be a team in there in, in the early to late twenties that that looks at his age, his shooting stroke and just the overall length that he brings to the floor and they'll, they'll take a chance on him. Um, I were personally drafting, I, I would go for someone a little more proven from college that you know, like, I think there's a market inefficiency on these guys. Last year, Mark, Malcolm Brogdon was a great example. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Hart and Dylan Brooks kind of fit the bill this year as guys that, while, they're, while they probably have less upside than Ferguson, they might be better right now than Ferguson will be three years from now. So, you know, there's there's a push and pull to that.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of selling myself on if the Thunder keep 21, that they need to find somebody that can come in and just play now. Like, I, I really fall in love with Derek White out of Colorado. I think that he could come in and play both guard positions. Uh, the Thunder are desperate for somebody who's competent at the backup point guard. And then I feel like he could play next to Russ. He's he's 6'5". He's got a 6'7 wingspan. Uh, he's kind of a do-it-all guard. I don't know that he's great at anything, but I think that he's good at everything. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Derek White?
0: He's another guy I didn't get to see too much of, um, just given his age. He, he is 23. Um, he's mm-hmm. a senior. Um, I think he, he's probably going to be a good rebounder out of the backcourt. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I remember um, when, I, when I watched him, how, how well he boxed out his attention to detail. Um, but he kind of reminds me of Eric Green. am I remembering that name correctly out of uh Virginia Tech a few years ago okay um, a guy, yeah, so Eric Green just did a quick Google search. He is now at playing for Olympiacos. Okay. um
1: oh, no, that's not
0: just. <laughs> So yeah, I mean I'm I'm lower on him than guys like Juwan Evans if we're talking about backup point guards or mm-hmm. even Frank Jackson. I think Frank Jackson has um some good potential. Um I I you know, I think the Thunder have had the checkered history these recent years with their, their backup point guard spot. Yeah. Um so I, I would take a guy that came out of high school with a little bit more hype, um, rather than a guy that's already twenty three and you know I, I think what what you're going to want from your point guard is someone that is a good shooter and can play alongside Russ if need be, wow. um, but also kind of fill the gap when Russ needs to take a breather. Um, and again, I, I didn't get to watch too much of Derek White. I feel like my my comparison to Eric Green might be unfair, but I definitely remember hearing Fran Fraschilla during the combine a few years back talking about Eric Green in a very similar manner to how. Scouts are talking about Derek White right now. Hmm. And, you know, that's not a knock on Eric Green either. I think uh, a lot of this type of stuff is circumstantial. Mm -hmm. The situation that you get yourself drafted into can be the difference between a successful career or a career overseas, which by all measures is still successful, just not in the eyes of an NBA fan. Mm
1: -hmm. What, What do you think about, you mentioned these two guys, Frank Jackson and Jawan Evans, uh, I like Juwan Evans a whole lot. Uh, I'm an Oklahoma State graduate, so I'm kind of a homer for him. I think that he could come in and for sure be a good backup to Russell Westbrook. I question whether he could play next to him. I think he's too small. Uh, I'm not sure how great he would be off the ball. He really was hardly ever off the ball uh, at OSU. He was his. It was kind of funny because his season, along with Russell's season, they're very comparable because they both. Ran these like high-powered offenses that uh, just basically ran through them. So, um, what, what do you think about Jawan's ability to play next to Westbrook? Because I'm not sure the Thunder are interested in drafting somebody um, whose potential is capped at like 12 minutes a game.
0: I think you're right. Um, I think Jawan Evans is going to be a really good backup point guard at least. Um, a lot of a lot of my colleagues in the industry are calling him. The most underrated prospect in the draft, um, so I think he's got a lot of athleticism. I kind of see some. I don't know. I, trying to give comparison to him might be a little unfair, um, but yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't. I don't think he's an off-ball player. Um, could could kind of have a, a Reggie Jackson type impact on the team, mm-hmm. um, and I think the Thunder, you know, they. they Gave that opportunity to Jackson to play alongside Russ. and I don't think um, at the time Scotty Brooks or Sam Presti was overly encouraged by having two at the time at least non shooters on the floor next mm-hmm. to each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think about Frank Jackson? Because he, I've heard that he has a promise. Uh, I that could that could be true or maybe not I don't know but I've heard that he has a promise Sam he loves to promise players I'd be surprised if he promised him at 21 that seems like a massive reach um, but the Thunder are always trying to buy a first round pick or not a first a second round pick uh, and he looks like he's somewhere toward the top of the, the second round middle of the second round what are your what are your thoughts on him as a prospect
0: I like him um, I think he's got the size to kind of play both guard positions. I don't think he's a true point guard. um, And I don't think he's a lights out shooter yet. Um, But I think his stroke looks promising. And everything I've heard about him is if he went back to, obviously, if uh, Trayvon Duvall didn't go to, didn't declare for Duke, Jackson may have returned and boosted his stock next year to the point where he might be a mid-first pick, mm-hmm. so if you're getting him in, in the early second round, I think that probably is a good investment. Um, I would probably take him if I'm the Thunder over Jawan just for that off-ball potential.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, his his size is a big deal when it comes to playing next to Russ. And when the Thunder are looking for a backup, they're not looking for somebody to even come in and run pick and roll, because I think that they have a couple bigs that they like to run the offense through um, for the second unit in Canter and Sabonis. And so really just a spot-up shooter that's big enough to guard both positions, I think makes a lot of sense. I haven't been a huge fan of him um, just studying the draft, um, but I do think that he makes some sense. Uh, going further in the second round, and then we'll talk about a couple... Other first rounder guys. Uh Josh Hart. So tell me which one of these guys, if you had like let's say you had the fortieth pick and you could choose between Josh Hart, Dylan Brooks, uh Devin Robinson, or a guy like Sandarius Thornwell, which one of those guys do you think will be um the most impactful NBA player?
0: Ooh, you just you just named three of those four guys I'm very high on. So, oh really? Who who are you um, high on? So I'm very, very high on Thornwell. I think Thornwell's going to have a Marcus Smart-type impact in the NBA. And if you're getting a guy that's playing rotation minutes for the number one seed in a conference in the late second round, that's a definite steal. Um, I, I he, He's probably the guy I would take of those guys. Um, I think he's a really smart player. I think he knows how to use his body well. I think that we're at a point in the NBA where we're starting to see this understanding that a guy like Marcus Smart or PJ Tucker or Draymond Green can be your center on the floor because they have so much lower body strength that no one's really going to try to post them up. And then if you're unless you're a guy like KD or Dirk who has so much height, it's hard for you to exploit that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six player's height mismatch because it's just not that significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely high on him. I'm high on Josh Hart as well. Um, I think that it's probably going to be unfair to Hart, but he'll get a lot of comparisons to Brockton just yeah. in the sense that they were proven, proven four-year players at really strong schools. Um, Hart's a good shooter. He, he knows how to play off ball. Um, he's a better defender than people give him credit for, and he's bigger than people give him credit for. He's got close to, I believe he has a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, wingspan, and he's definitely a true 6'5", six, 6'6" on the court. So he's got all the size to be good in the NBA. I could kind of see him be a Courtney Lee type. Um, if things worked out, maybe slightly worse on defense and slightly better on offense. Um, I'm also high on Dylan Brooks, although the more and more I watched him, the more and more I watched of him in the, in the tournament, the less excited I was about him as an NBA prospect. I think he's probably, he leveraged his athleticism in college to his potential. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to be able to use that athleticism in the NBA. But granted, he's six seven and he's got pretty good handles. So, you know, there, there's going to be opportunities for him. He also knows how to shoot the ball. Um, Devin Robinson um, is a guy that I'm not particularly high on. He kind of reminds me of Bruno Caboclo from the Raptors. Um, a guy that you know the, the shooting potential and the length would signal oh my god this guy is oozing with potential mm-hmm. but i think on the court it's very easy to to see them kind of get lost in the shuffle um, i don't think he's a overly competitive guy i don't think he's i don't think he's got the the frame to compete with a lot of the guys that they're probably going to put him on just because he has that 7 foot wingspan but I think he, if he's listed at 200 pounds, I think that's generous. I think he's probably closer to 190. Yeah, I've
1: heard him called a fake prospect.
0: What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the definition of a fake prospect?
1: Someone who looks like an NBA player but just is not.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty accurate. Um, it, it's probably more flattering to be called. Two years away from being two years away, right? Yeah, so I guess there's there's some overlap. There's overlap with Kaboklo there too. I guess
1: I don't know that you want to be two years away from two years away when you're 22.
0: Right. That's... I don't. I don't think either of those guys are going to. You know, maybe, maybe D League stars. Kaboklo um, helped uh, the Toronto 905 win that D League championship. So, That's true. Yeah,
1: that means something to somebody success somewhere.
0: Is, <laughs> success is subjective.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Frank Mason versus Monte Morris? I'm, I've watched Big 12 Ball is really all that I watch. I love the NBA. I don't love college basketball, but I love uh, my alma mater. So I really just watch Big 12 Ball. And I really liked both Morris and Mason. What do, what do you think about those two? And which, if you had the chance to take one of them, which one would you take?
0: I would take Morris because I think you know what you're getting, which is like a defensive-oriented... Sized point guard, um, so you know, I think Mason. It's tough for someone that's under six feet, and I, I, I'm high on Mason as like a player. I think he's an extraordinarily capable NBA guy. Um, I just don't think there's going to be that many opportunities for a guy that's already 23, um, like Tyler was last year with Phoenix, he had by all measures a good rookie season. Um, Came out of college as a sophomore, so he's at least a year, two years younger than Mason. Um, And even now, even after Ulysses' fine rookie season, the the rumors are that the Suns are still looking for their point guard of the future. And granted, that might be a product of them not having the confidence that Ulysses and Booker can play alongside and stop anyone, Mm -hmm. um, which I get. But I think... With Morris, you're getting a guy that knows how to play offense but is definitely a competitive, hustling defender um, and will have a spot in the NBA because of it. With Mason, I think you have a guy that's more talented than Morris but won't be able to defend. Um, And, you know, a lot of these teams that are going to be drafting him in the second round are going to be expecting him to turn into an off-ball, spot-up shooter when presumably he's going to be playing alongside a guy that's proven himself as a ball handler in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a major adjustment for Mason. I think Mason's career is probably going to take him overseas where he'll be extremely successful because he's a great player. But, um, again, a lot of this comes down to opportunity. And for Mason, it would take a really nice situation for him to, to get what he deserved based on his college career
1: yeah and i'd be surprised if the thunder brought him in and made him like a backup point guard just because uh, the thunder want guys that can defend um and that's that's why they played the backups that they did because they thought they could defend and they were horrible offensive players uh, but they they at least thought they could defend and i i worry about that with a guy that's under six feet uh, so let's talk about some trade up candidates. Um, I wrote an article for daily thunder about some trade up candidates. I'm going to give you three guys. I want you to tell me, um, if the thunder were able to trade up, which guy you think that they should take, uh, Luke Kennard, Frank Nilakina, and then Zach Collins. What do you think about those three guys and which do you like for the thunder? And Zach Collins is under the assumption that they found a trade partner for Cantor and Todd Gibson walks away.
0: Okay. Um, that's a good one. Cause they, they all are so different, right? Mm-hmm. I think Kennard makes the most sense as a natural fit into what the Thunder are doing right now. They obviously need more shooting. Kennard's definitely the best shooter of the bunch. And, you know, I think Kennard actually is probably a more rounded player than just a spot up shooter that he gets credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Frank is going to be a George Hill type in the NBA, maybe a Drew Holiday type um, in that very capable defender, long arms, um, had a seven foot wingspan, and you know he shot over forty percent in the in the uh, international ball last year. But granted, that's a small sample size, so I'd still say. Fairly confidently that I have more faith in Knard as a shooter than Frank. Um, Zach Collins, I've look. I think this all goes back down to what's a, what's more valuable in the NBA these days, and um, I think wings that know how to defend and wings that can stretch the floor are more important than big men. Um, I don't know if Collins is all that necessary, even if you do trade Cantor and don't keep gibson is collins going to be better than sabonis uh i would probably say yes but i can't say with any certainty and you know you have adams collins is projected to be a stretch big but he didn't really show all that much in college i think a team that drafts collins should draft him under the assumption that he's gonna be a true center that's super athletic and knows how to use his body and knows how to protect the paint that doesn't seem to be the big need for the thunder. So then I think it comes down to Frank and Kennard and it's all kind of up to, are you trying to be the four seed in the West next year? In which case Kennard probably makes more sense. Or are you trying to kind of build towards something down the road um, where Frank can play off ball next to Russ and defend and, kind of fill in the gap on offense when Russ needs a breather that Oladipo or Billy Donovan, whoever, whoever's to blame for that gap when Russ sits.
1: Mm, yeah. I would have a hard time not taking Frank Nilekina you know, just because the, for a team, an NBA team in Oklahoma City, it's so hard to get talent here unless you draft it or you make a trade. And the Thunder have some young talent. I think that they, the most of the young talent they have, they would like to just develop and keep here. Uh, and I also don't know that a lot of the young talent has a ton of value outside of Oklahoma City. Uh, but if you can bring in a guy like Nilekina, and, I, and the Thunder obviously would have to give up something significant in order to get up to like the 10th pick or something like that. Or maybe they can just trick the Kings into taking Canner or something. Um, but I... I just don't know that you can pass up a guy that could, has the, the kind of potential that he does as a defender, as a shooter, uh, as a guy that can play back up and alongside Russ. That that would be really hard. I like Luke Kennard a lot. I think that he can come in and shoot right away. Uh, I like his ability to, to handle and pass with both hands. Uh, he can finish with both hands with ease. I really like his offensive game. I just worry that uh, his... His defensive ability, or his lack of defensive ability, is going to hinder him too much for him to play significant minutes. And then I also worry about him playing. I mean, he's basically a two, so I kind of worry about, you know, what do you, do they use Alex Abrines then to trade up to get him? And then, are is that really a net positive? I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, those are all great points. I mean, I think if you're if you're trying to trade up to that ten spot, um, you're going to have to give up. Fairly significant assets, and yeah. at that point, why not? Why not go the full way and go for the seven eighth eight spotter, and nab a guy like Malik Monk? Yeah, because I mean that's a that's a that's a more obvious natural fit next to Rob. Yeah,
1: that would be that would be amazing. I mean, that dude can really really score, and if he's your sixth man, I mean that's. That's a slam dunk, I feel like, because the Thunder really just struggled when Russ is off the court. And if you can bring somebody in like that that can just score at will, uh, I think that would be incredible. I think it's hard. I just wonder – I mean, the Knicks seem – they at least act like they value draft picks. You said you're a Knicks fan, that they they act like they value draft picks. What do you – well, I mean, I don't think the Thunder. Do they even have, do the Thunder? Even have anything? Let's say, let's say they did say they got into trade talks with the Knicks. What would it take to get like the eighth pick?
0: Assuming Monk is available at eight. Yeah, assuming I think, I think yeah, uh, I think that the Knicks. You know, it it's not an ideal trade partner, obviously, because you know Adams is probably your most coveted asset mm-hmm. that you could probably be talked into trading at a certain point. Um, But, you know, I don't think that Adams fits any hole that the Knicks have. The Knicks have too many big men, if anything. right? Um, I don't think that the Knicks would be interested in giving up anything of value um, or significant value to take back Oladipo as the centerpiece. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's, it's tough. I think that, if you're the Thunder and you're trying to deal with the Knicks for that eight pick one, one obvious path would be a three team deal in which the Thunder take Carmelo and you know, somehow that I I guess at that point, the eight pick wouldn't even be in play. Um, But yeah, I I don't know on on the spot. I can't think of a, a fit between those two teams as trading partners.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. It's not the greatest fit uh, for a trade, especially with the Thunder trying to bring back the eighth pick. They'd have to work some, some kind of strange magic to to get them to take a player. The Thunder would probably have to take back Noah, and that uh, probably is a deal breaker there. Uh, but Jacob, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Eisenberg43. We can follow uh, your app company at Amino Apps and download... Uh, your MBA app, Hardwood Amino, on uh, Android, and it also on your iPhone. Go check those out today. Thanks for coming on, Jacob, and have a great Thursday.